Welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Welcome. Uh, this morning I thought that we would talk about um, the little things in our lives that, that really count and uh, what little things in your life when you were growing up um, did your parents or your caretakers do for you when you were young that, that you still remember. And when I say remember, I mean from like a heart space. And so I'll go first just because that'll maybe help prompt the conversation. But um, one of the things that I loved was uh, my grandmother was one of them, was very soft and large and like puffy and she always smelled like powder. And But she always kissed you right on the lips. And it was always like a Mwah! like when she, and so um, not many people do I kiss on the lips besides my husband. You know, I don't even really do it with my kids as they got older but I did when they were little and it was just such an intimate thing for a grown woman to do and so it's, it was just such an endearing it was just such a love fest of an encounter with the two of us so that was one of the things um, that she did and another thing that uh, my other grandmother did was that she was like my biggest cheerleader and I don't know that anybody loves me like that anymore if that makes sense and it kind of make, like, makes me a little sad but I love my kids like that and I know my kids love me back but it was like she would brag to everybody about me and I would think oh she only knew <laughs> you know or, or you know all those insecure <laughs> feelings and things would come out but she was just the, she just lit up when I walked in the room and I don't feel that way anymore with other people like I feel like I lost that piece and so you know, we do talk about that sometimes about when your kids walk in the room, you know, be overjoyed to see them because not many people, you know, when you walk down the grocery aisle and you run into somebody, somebody might smile and be like, oh my gosh, Jennifer, how are you doing? But it's not that same like pureness where, you know, I felt like my mom maybe would have criticized or pointed out things that, you know, oh, you didn't pick up this or, you know, you forgot to do this. But my grandmother never did that. And, um, and so it was just those small things with both grandmothers that I felt so unconditionally loved. Um, and so I guess the question for you is that are there any things that, you know, that happened to you as a child that, um, you know, little things that people did for you that, that stuck with you? Um, I know my mom, when I was younger, um, every time we would get hurt, she wasn't one of those moms that would say, oh, let me go get a Band-Aid, you know, are you okay, what happened? She would literally just have us sit in front of her and take our hand and like rub the little pressure points of our fingers and our knuckles and she'd say, where does it hurt? You know, what hurts again? And then she'd go to a specific finger. I don't know if she actually knew what she was doing, <laughs> but the, I think the power of touch was there and that really resonated with me and I really did forget what hurt just through her massaging my fingers and, so you and had looking me into somewhere the else eyes. and then she touched Yeah, them. like maybe if I scraped my knee or whatever, she'd just be like, well, let me, let me just rub your fingers. And somehow it always made me feel better. I think it was just that 
connection, like in a distraction and a dis and a, a uh, in a distraction exactly. Yeah. To and trick your mind thing, off the actual. Pain. The other thing I was thinking of when you said this too was, my father used to braid my hair before school in the morning, mm -hmm. oh and gosh. that was one thing I always will remember and so sweet. And then I just realized they were both power of touch. Mm. What a beautiful both of them. Mm -hmm. You know, so smart of your mom because I do think that she was using distraction and she was probably also trying to gauge the injury. Right. Because yeah. I think if it really, really hurt, <laughs> she she could tell by, oh no, leave my hand alone. And Let's there get are back tons to the of all those little pressure points and sure. um, uh, reflexology in our hands and our feet. And so it definitely did help. And I think on many levels, yeah. exactly, distraction. It's like she intuitively knew to do that if, if she wasn't right. taught is what I'm hearing. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Nice and then your memories. dad braiding your hair. Now, I mean... What dad I can't dad? picture my Gosh. dad in a million years too. I love my dad, but well, I was the fourth child, so, so my mom decided to go back to work when I yeah. was born. <laughs> so my dad had a big part in my life, and I think it was his chance to be more present because he wasn't as much maybe with the others. Mm. So, so I do just you have a different relationship moments. with him than your older I siblings? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And to see how important that is. That's just pause there for a second <laughs> right? because how much we pay attention to the people in our lives. It's it's those little things those little like braiding things. the hair and being And it was present. never perfect, but you know, it, I just appreciated the love that he put into trying. Yeah. And I always left it. You know, like even if it looked a little disheveled mm -hmm. or Yeah. Oh. Just sweet little memories. I'd love to see a picture of that. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Thank you for sharing that. Those are two beautiful things. Do you guys feel that? Yes. Like the power of all of the, even what I shared, you know, you could picture my grandmother yeah. with the powder and the, and the big puffy body and, and your dad braiding your hair. And, and so uh, this is just a reminder. So we'll, we'll lead into that of, of how much power we have over the people in our lives to do those gentle and touch things. My meme used to also kiss my lips. So, and she was also round, round and fluffy and <laughs> probably smelled the powder. <laughs> so I loved when you said that. Wow. It brought back a great it does. memory. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anybody else? Um, my, mine was, I think of my um, father and it's just his gestures. He was always, well, well, he still is, very supportive. But I just, something that always comes back to me when I was in college, and I didn't go um, too far. Um, I went to uh, Cook College, Rutgers University. And whenever I was sick, you know, we didn't have the phone in our room. It was, or it was down the hall, and I'd call my parents, and I'm sick. And it was still far enough away um, my father would be at my dorm room with soup or something I really liked, like shrimp cocktail or some, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> some, um, pastry and some medicine along with that too, just to help me through whatever time, you know, I was, I was having a cold or sore throat, but he was there that day whenever I'd call, um, he would do anything to just make, make me feel better. So I think about that the little thing from him that he would always, he still does, tries to do things like that. Acts of love. Yes. Is what he was doing. Right. And so he went into action when you called and he was so happy to be of service to you because of right. that, because of that love for you. Yeah. And wanting you to feel better. Mm -hmm. So simple. Yeah. Yeah, so simple. The small gesture. So now we know you like shrimp cocktail. Yeah, I know. 
next talk. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want us to pass? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I have some very fond memories of, of my father. He was much older than my mother, um, and he unfortunately passed when I was in high school. Uh, but he, he loved Frank Sinatra, and he used to listen to the radio shows, and he would record them really um, lovingly. He would always record them, and I remember him sitting, um, you know, we always have one room that kind of was open without lots of furniture that he would reserve as the Frank Sinatra dancing room, <laughs> and we could have plants and um, stereo equipment, but you couldn't have lots of, you know, furniture and coffee tables to get in the way, and he loved to dance, and I would stand on his feet, I'm going to get emotional too, and, um, yeah. and we would dance. And any time I hear Frank Sinatra, it always makes me think of him. Mm. Aww. So a couple of us have lost parents young, including me at the table. And so, yeah, I didn't realize that this would trigger. I hadn't really thought about it in that sense. But it's really important because these memories are woven into who we are and, and, and just to think about them from time to time and honor them and to realize that your father gave you that gift, that beautiful memory, that even though they're not here, you still have a piece of, yeah, we're passing around the tissues here. So thank you for sharing that. How about you, Lindsay? Um, well, it's funny because a lot of things come to mind with my mom, um, um, but, you know, like she was Italian, a lot of, a lot of cooking and things like that. I mean, there were, I remember some sweet things where she would always make pasta, sauce from scratch, never store-bought, and we would always, like, she would always let us, before dinner, grab some bread and dip it right in the pot and, like, eat mm -hmm. that. And, um, and I love to cook, so I'm trying to get into that now. Um, but more recently, um, I have this beautiful, I was into dolls, like, very long when I was a kid, like, much longer than I probably should have been. Me too. And, um, but my mom was always into that with me. She would, you know, I had, like, the first American dolls when they came out, and... Um, Barbies and dollhouses and stuff. So anyways, I have this beautiful three-foot-tall wooden antique dollhouse that my mom got me, and it was, like, made of scratch when we bought it. And together we, like, floored it and carpeted it and did wallpaper oh. and, like, electricity and bought all that. We used to go to dollhouse shows and craft fairs, and <laughs> it was, like, fun. a thing that we did together. And my mom was kind of, like, a lot like Blair. Like, she was, like, the brownie leader, the Girl Scout leader, the PTA, <laughs> the Sunday school. You know, she just was very present in my life um, and made my lunch all the way through high school every day. Um, but, so, anyway, so this dollhouse is sitting in my basement, and my daughter does not play with dolls. She's just not into dolls. My other, my sister-in-law here does not have curls. My niece across the country lives in Seattle, so I can't get it to her. And so um, I'm going to sell it. And so I called my mom, and I asked her permission, Aww. and she was 100% cool. She said, you know, you know, that stuff's past now. That thing's 30 years old. She said, see if you can get some money for it. That'd be cool to give it to a collector. And But we sat on the phone. We talked about, like, the memory of mm. doing it together. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it was just a really sweet phone call because I just I appreciated that her like doing that with me that you know? time together yeah quality I'm time not super crafty I hope that I give that to my daughter but um, and, it, and it, it kind of breaks my heart to pass it on but um, I feel like if she I feel like there's still time still for her time. to develop like if you have the knew. space for the they're house they're kind of ruining it though it. they play yeah. with it but yeah. they're breaking but that's it. also 
playing with it. Yeah, that's true. We right. also had a dollhouse okay. that if my dad goes, put lights you know, in. There was wallpaper, everything. Yeah. And we loved it. And my mom used to yell at us sometimes when we were playing with Play it. Play nicely with <laughs> it. Because she'd be like, you're playing too rough, whatever. Yeah. But in the end, I, you know, I'm like, mom, we loved it. I mean, to be it honest, loved. that's the thing. Like right? the Velveteen if they, Rabbit. If they yeah, ruin it, I'm a firm believer Which is like the saddest story ever. I'm a firm believer in that. You're right. If they ruin it, it doesn't matter. Because I'm going to sell I was going to sell it anyways. I might as well just keep it. I also remember my little niece playing with our dollhouse when she was like 12, 13. So, so I feel like there's still time if you have the space, right. you know, to keep it. Also, I mean, she I do have the space, yeah. She could get more interested in design, you know, from a different element. And then all of a sudden she yeah. may want to redo it. You're right. Maybe you know I'll teach her what I did. Over can, too. can I just yeah. interject for a second? And and so the two things that I noticed from, from your story is that you're ready to let go. Mm-hmm. And that your mom was too, mm-hmm. and that you had that conversation. And I think that's a really important noticing in that story is that you always, just like with your father and people that have passed, we still, even though your mom's still here, you still have that memory. Mm-hmm. It's sacred, and nobody can ever take that from you. And whether they keep the dollhouse or not, right. that part doesn't matter. Like you're ready to let go of that physical part of it because that was never really what mattered. What mattered was the time that you spent with one another. And being able to rehash that with her is... Yeah, 100%. And so what mattered with Blair's story is the time that she spent with her dad, with the dancing, and like, you know, I'll remember that about you now. I mean, it's just so beautiful. And the other thing that I noticed that you said that I thought was interesting that I, I hear people say a lot is like, she made food, but she made it from scratch. <laughs> and why, why do we say that? Because it takes more time. It takes more time. You have to buy all the ingredients. You can't just open a jar. And it... It's healthier. Mm. You know it's what's going into it. Made with it's love. Made, it's love. made with love. Made with love, yeah. for yeah. sure. And <laughs> so I was getting my hair cut the other day, and a woman came in, and, and uh, she was hugging my hairdresser, and, and, and she said, oh, that's so-and-so's aunt, and oh, she cooks all the time. You know, you can just picture it. She has this, she's Italian, she has this house with all the white furniture. I don't know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And she said, but she cooks and she dropped off this date cake and and she said I'm gonna save it for later because I want to have it with a cup of tea when I get home and so she knew that it was made with love mm-hmm. because it was made from scratch this date cake yeah. and that she wasn't just gonna go in the back room and have a piece of it it was sacred it was special it was made out of love and so she was gonna slice off a piece tonight you know when she got home and have it with a cup of tea and sit down and have a proper time with it and so I think that's what I'm hearing when we say that she made your lunches all through high school, and you emphasized all through high school, meaning that she stopped. Yeah, I mean, she what took the time. Year old takes a brown paper bag to line yeah. school yeah. still. Time. <laughs> I did. I yeah. Jennifer did. Her dad was dropping off shrimp yeah. cocktails. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so was my dad in college too. I hope he didn't bring shrimp cocktail in a uh, paper bag. No. <laughs> no. But I feel like food can be love. And, yes. I mean, it's nutrition. It's it's. It's love. It's an expression. And, love, you sure. know, when we create these meal trains for people who have new babies or people who are going through health crises, yeah. I mean, makes it, all the it makes all the difference. Yeah. And, of course, we're very lucky. A lot of people, you know, could just order out. But the fact that someone shows up at their door and they have a brief conversation with them and they get their child to come and bring the bag that was handmade to the door makes a really big difference. It does. And so how about that when... when you know, all of us have had kids, and there's those meal trains, and, and people bring you food. It was this one woman brought me, like, Thanksgiving dinner, 
I mean, with mm. the, all the sides and like a roasted turkey. And oh, I mean, I still remember that. Other mm. people brought me food and it was lovely, but it was this one woman, I, she must have cooked for two days. Yeah. And it's her, that's her, that was her gift to me. I didn't even know her that well. And I remember seeing her and thinking, wow, what, an, what a beautiful gesture of love to me to, to cook like that. Um, and so, uh, so cooking is, it's that energy that we're putting into it and sending it along with our children. And so I think the invitation today is that, um, you know, what small things are you doing, simple small things, you know, as friends, as parents, as spouses, um, to make a difference in the people's lives. And so we talked in the last podcast about, you know, waiting and hurrying and, and I'm, you know, be here now. And, and so can't we in those pauses, in those moments of stepping back and taking a minute, kissing somebody on the lips, braiding their hair, bringing them soup when they're sick, you know, letting go of some things like your dollhouse when it's time, you know, your daughter's not into that. And that's okay because you're gonna find something different mm -hmm. with your daughter to connect with mm -hmm. because you were taught how to do that. You were equipped with those tools. I was taught how to love through the way my grandmothers treated me you were taught how to love through food, I mean, you know, we all were, but, and so you'll find what that is with your daughter, and it will appear as she blossoms and grows, you know, into a, uh, into a young woman, and you'll have those experiences. Do you want to add anything? Well, it's, um, the first thing that came to mind was how lucky I am to have my, I have a grandmother who's still alive, yeah. and she lost, um, my grandfather passed away about six months ago, and they were, mm -hmm. they've been married 67 years, mm -hmm. and, she, we speak often, and she always saw me, as she'd, my mom would say, through rose-colored glasses, just like the way you described your grandparents, your grandmothers. Uh, she, I just felt like I'm the oldest of 13 grandchildren. Just, like, she just lit up in a way that I'm aware to this day. I don't know if I'll ever, ever in my life, I've never experienced anything like it before. Mm -hmm. And she just has always looked at me like, I can truly do no wrong. Yeah. And it's a level of love that she has always shown. And we never lived really close to each other. But, um, but when we were together, she would always make these beautiful, beautiful meals. And that was, and raising five children, mm -hmm. she made it, a, that was like her, how she showed her love and went back to school and became a nutritionist after raising five children. And such an inspiration to me in so many ways. And she taught that to my mom as well, the importance of like healing and love and meals. So I grew up eating like homemade meals every single night. And I feel very grateful for that. And um, yeah. yeah. So. And so your grandmother saw your sacredness, your beauty, the holy in you that I believe God sees in all of us, right? Like I am the beloved child of God. You are, and you are, and you are, and that's one of my mantras that I say to myself all the time because I'm reminding myself of that belovedness, but I think when I, my grandmother lit up when I walked in the room is that she saw that in me, and I remember thinking, oh, she's so mistaken, and I'm messing up here and there, and, mm -hmm. and, but she saw that, and so can we see that in others? You know, I see it in my children. Oh, Don't you all see that in question. your children? You see yeah. that light. You see their gifts. Even though your daughter doesn't play with dolls, she would, you know, what are her gifts? What are what what is she drawn to? What does she like to do? And so you see that you see that light in her, um, and so we do as parents, I think, 
Yeah, I read somewhere there's a lot of power. This is going to sound totally crazy, but if someone is maybe acting difficult in your in your mind, like try to envision them as like a child yes, and how comical that can be. Or even like your spouse, let's say you have a disagreement, <laughs> it can bring you back to like a really funny mindset of, wow, we were all children at one point. Yeah. I mean, we're like around our children on a day-to-day basis, so we're so used to being around kids, but um, people that might be challenging. Mm-hmm. Someone think, close to us, someone not close to us, it doesn't matter. I, just well, I feel like the core of that is having yeah. compassion for them. Right? Yes. Because right? you have much more compassion naturally for, for a child. child. Exactly. Because you realize their brains aren't fully developed and everything they're experiencing can yeah. be new and challenging. But in that moment when you're frustrated with, I don't know, a family member or a spouse, mm. to picture them as a child, that makes a lot of sense because you can really have that compassion mm. and think, you know, they're going through something that I don't know about. Exactly. And I should keep that in mind. I think we all still are Empathetic. at heart. Empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, we are, we are all still children at heart. And we're all still going through something. Yeah, so true. We all are. Somebody that came to see me this week uh, for a spiritual direction session was talking about how, you know, their feelings were hurt this summer about something going on in their family. And, and then all of a sudden she found out something that she didn't know about their story. And she said, oh. Thank goodness I didn't say anything. Thank goodness I didn't make it about me. Thank goodness. And so often we go around and have experiences with people, you know, even our spouses or significant others that, you know, we don't know what necess- what's weighing on them or what's going on. And so we make assumptions and, and, yeah. and if we could treat them a little bit like with that belovedness, <laughs> then, you know, things could soften and, yeah, I hear that buzzing. And they're working on the church here. Um, so one of the things that I was going to suggest as a spiritual practice um, is uh, I put a sign in my daughter's room at the foot of her bed that said, Mom and Dad love Meredith. God loves Meredith at the foot of her bed. And you can do that when the kids are younger or, or when they're older, but it's just that reminder when they crawl into bed every night, you know, if they're afraid of anything or they're worried about something it's sort of like that visual sign that you are loved um and so my oldest for some reason is always like do you love me you know, I don't know why she does that but she's done that since she was a little kid I'm like yes I love you she'll send text do you love me and so I finally put this big red sign in her room I'm like so when you're questioning it which you shouldn't ever here's your reminder and so um uh, that's a great way to do that. And so uh, what are some of the ways, so we talked about the ways that people have touched your life um, in the past, and what are the, some of the things that you're doing in your own lives, little things, the little tiny things, because I think, you know, threaded together, you know, make up the great necklace or, the, you know, the beads make up the great story of the length of your life. So it's all those little things, I think, that we do to show the people that we love in our lives that they matter. Um, versus the big, you know, the big party or the big, you know, like you had the big soccer moment and that's mm-hmm. beautiful and great, but, you know, what about all of like the little, the little tiny things like bringing the soup and, and so what are the, some of the things that you guys might be doing in your lives for your kids? I, well, my kids are, you know, everybody's on their phone and um, I usually text them a little, either I'll find a quote or something to inspire them. Yeah. Um, my oldest daughter, when she went away to college for the first time, every day that she was in school, just during the week, I would send her an inspirational quote mm. for the first year of her college career. And she loved that. Mm. 
um, and, and I do that not so much with my other kids, but I'll send them little notes, um, texts, or sometimes I'll, if I'm at a store and I see something that um, they might like, excuse me, <clears throat> or my kids all have um, symbols, um, insect symbols. My oldest is a butterfly, my second is a ladybug, my son is a turtle, and my youngest daughter is a bee. So whenever I see little things at stores, sometimes I'll just say, I'm going to get that like a little box or a little charm or something, and I, I'll leave it for them in their room so they know I'm thinking of Wow, that's How did that come about? The animal, I don't the, know. I think my that. mother, um, when my oldest daughter, she was the first grandchild on both sides, when my oldest daughter was born, my mother just said, oh, there's my little butterfly Aww. to my oldest daughter. And then she, I think, got her a little uh, painting of something with a butterfly on it. And then I said, okay, so Julianne's... And I had colors for my kids, Me too. too. I have colors for my kids, too. So, um, <laughs> so... So we just started with my oldest, and then, then I said, okay, well, if she has one, the other kids have to have some horrible. So yeah. endearing. That's, That's such a great idea. idea. I've never heard that one. I love that. See how much we learn when we yeah. sit in community <laughs> like this and share? It's, yeah, it's amazing. So what, yes. a, what a great yeah. gift for yeah. your kids because they'll always be drawn to that. Right. But not only will they be drawn to it, but when they see the ladybug or the, right. and, they'll, and they'll, they'll feel that love. They'll it's feel that. Sometimes, um, we get a ladybug in the house yeah. and I'm like, Eliza, yeah, your, your little animals yeah. around here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, anybody else do any little things like that? Um, trying to think. I mean, I recently have been trying to, it's not an actual like tangible thing, but I was trying, I'm trying to say yes more about the off schedule, um, um, spontaneous so you know like I'll be driving my daughter to her like afternoon activity which is after three so it's late in the day and my boys will say like can we go to the park now and I'll be usually most of the time I'll say like no I gotta go get dinner started and then we have to go back and pick her up and you know we're winding down for the day but it's been beautiful here and it's been sunny and the sun has been setting and the brilliant like blue skies and all the fall leaves so the last like three days I've said okay and so we've gone down to the park by our house and it's, we've just, we've done these pickup games of kickball and watching the sun go down and it's awesome. And we were just, and I didn't care about dinner and I didn't care about anything else. We stayed out until my daughter had to be picked up and I don't just so much better when we got home. I mean, they're tired, but they go to bed easier. So it wasn't stressful though making dinner like last minute. No, because no. we did mac and cheese. You know, yeah. we did easy stuff. Right. I let it go. You know right? what? I let it go. And I ran mood. into a couple other moms there and I said, <laughs> I said, they said, oh, like, it's so nice to see you here. And I was like, yeah, but I'm like, oh, like, I would never really do this. And she was like, we're not going to get more, many more of these days. So true. Where, like, you can take your sweatshirt off and run around. And um, it was, it was just awesome. I have to say it was awesome. And I got to, I got to make some new friends at the, you know, the new school that we're at. So it was cool. Very cool. So I'm trying to say yes There are more. great sunsets there, yeah. too. I know yeah. exactly what you mean. I bring my dogs up there. Yeah. So that's one of those small things. It's so yeah. simple. Yeah. It's so simple. It makes like a huge difference and in And you day. were probably very present. Yeah. I know. I played kickball with yeah. them. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so every time that my kids get out of the, out of the car, now at the, they're both at the high school, my two younger ones, um, I say, be your best, be a friend, and I love you. And I say it every morning over and over and over again. And I know it's silly, and I think I got it from one of the principals that Franklin School oh, used gosh. to say that on a loudspeaker, Dr. Cole. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
but I it, I maybe took I a shortened versions version of that, but I, I mean that's what I want them to do. Go say in there, again. be your best, be, be a friend, be a friend, be a friend, and I, I love, love you. you, Lindsay. I have to say real quick, so your story reminded me so much of what the theme has been like in my house this week, and I haven't been making these like fancy meals by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> But what we've been doing, instead of like getting in the car, like after an activity or the kids are home, um, you know, instead of getting in the car and like thinking that I need to like drive them to a playground or, um, I, I there's a couple days in a row where I'm like, no, let's just play outside. And we were doing like simple like red light, green light, and it was yeah. so hysterical. Right? Mm-hmm. It was, and I just feel like this, like these talks that we share together and mm-hmm. here and here, like twice a month, are really truly the. Like one of the reasons why I allow myself to be more present Mm -hmm. and to be truly cherish these sacred moments because I mean like you said the days are so fleeting we don't know how many more moments we're going to have like this and there, it was truly the joy. And now that I'm looking back on the week, one of like the best parts of the yeah. week was the three of us playing like Red Rover, Red Rover, and right. Red Lake. And that's the, you know, when you're out, the, you know, like the nature inspiration, the sun setting, the fall. Yes, leaves, that it, time of it day makes is, you. I mean, it's just it's like you know, it's uh, hitting it from both sides. You yes. have the you got time with your kids, and you've got time in nature. So yes, it's, it's and nice. They sleep better too, you know, usually. Yeah. So. Great. Let me let me close with this. So in your contact with people each day, you will be blessed if you remember that your work is love poured out. The pauses throughout the day can be our teachers. And when you were growing up, your first pause of the day was probably a snack or recess, and it's doubtful that you ever questioned this. Enjoy a few minutes of non-doing, of simplicity. I stand before what is with an open heart, and with an open heart I dwell in the possibility. Amen. I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.